It's time for Business Minds Coffee Chat, an inspiring show about the journey to personal and professional growth. And now, your host, Jay Shear. Hey everyone, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and I am your host, Jay Shear. And man, I tell you what, I am super excited today because I'm joined in the studio by my special guest, the culinary anthropologist herself, Carolina Gilcappy. Carolina is a wife and mother and the owner of Sated Ventures, a boutique travel company. Carolina. It is so great to see you. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I love that intro. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it too. The culinary anthropologist. I love that term. Maybe we can explore that a little bit more deeply here in just Definitely. a couple of moments. So, Carolina, I thought a good starting point for us today would be for you to share with us what your greatest challenge that you've faced in your professional career to date. So what, number one, what is the greatest challenge that you faced and what did you learn from that mm. challenge? Oh, I love that. I would love to dive into that because we're still growing and we're still working on this challenge. So I'm an immigrant. I, I grew up in Poland in the 80s and in 1993, my parents entered uh, a lottery to win a green card and we won so like within what felt like to my little 10 year old mind within a week we sold everything and brought one suitcase each and we arrived in Brooklyn New York so huge culture shock and probably the reason why I love travel um, but becoming an immigrant and starting from scratch really with nothing uh, I was placed in this in this mindset that um, there's us and there's another level that we will never reach. You know, we're just going to be that nine to five family and, you know, blue collar and never be able to grow, you know, oh, that's somebody else. That's for somebody else. And literally this would be a discussion over like Christmas dinner, uh, you know, what people are achieving and oh, well, but that's not for us. And one day I just, it just snapped at Christmas dinner. Like, why not? Why can't it be us? Why can't we run our own business? And you know, and be successful. So being able to change my relationship with money and kind of uh, get away from that mindset that we're not good enough, that it's not for us, that for some reason we can be in that category of people has been my biggest challenge in business. Because even sometimes now, you know, two years into the business, I wake up and I'm like, okay, well, I shouldn't, you know, we're fine here. We don't have to grow any longer, you know, or anymore. And then Carlos, also an immigrant, my husband, he's like, oh, no, we, you know, we can do this and we can do this. And it's very exciting to have a partner, um, you know, to boost me in that, in that. But that has been an incredible challenge because it's mental, it's internal, it's generational. Uh, so that's something that we're working on every day and something that I also turn around and want to inspire other business uh, owners or new entre entrepreneurs um, that, yeah, you can do it. There's actually, you know, no, we don't have generational wealth. No, no one told me how to invest and do finance, but nothing's stopping me from learning. I, so that's like so open to learning. I love learning. I was always, uh, um, you know, uh, in love with books and reading and, and just talking and, and picking up things from people who are successful and who are not successful because you can learn from both. So I hope that one day I am that person to be able to inspire others, you know, and teach them how to do it and, and learn from my mistakes. But, 
it's 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 quite the challenge because it's in here in the head, you know. Yeah, it most definitely <laughs> is, and I and thank you for sharing that story. And one of the things that I that I really respect and love about you is that drive and desire to continuously learn and realize that, you know, even though you, you've, you've come a long way, you've learned a lot, there's so much more to learn about life and about business. And as a matter of fact, the, the very first time I met you, you were at a, a workshop learning, right? And you were asking good questions. And I remember there were there were a handful of people in that room, but very few people were asking questions. You were because it was very clear to me that you were someone who was hungry for knowledge, and I love that. I really appreciate that. So you mentioned your your husband, Carlos. So Carlos is from Ecuador, mm-hmm. but the two of you met in Brooklyn, yes. and you met as kids. Yes. So... Tell us a little <laughs> bit about that. At what age did you actually meet one another? So, and uh, t- w- yeah, which, what drew you to Carlos? It's so funny. So we literally both grew up in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. It's a really a, a neighborhood of immigrants, like half Polish, half Hispanic. And at Greenpoint Avenue kind of split the two, you know, the two um, cultures. And so we were on you know, different sides of the road. But we rolled in the same uh, groups throughout childhood. And then I went away to college, to Rhode Island, to Johnson & Wales University. And I would come back on the weekends, you know, to still see friends and still do things in New York because I'm a New Yorker. I love my city. And it was my friend's birthday, um, and we decided to do a girls' road trip to Rhode, uh, to um, uh, Niagara Falls. I bought a car on eBay. It was like a 1983 convertible, and it wouldn't start that morning. So instead of Niagara Falls, let's go out for sushi. So we go into the sushi restaurant, and there's a table filled with these Hispanic boys, kids that we remember from our childhood, and some of them worked with my best friend, so we sat with them. One of them was Carlos, so... We started talking, and then from then on, I would come back every weekend, not to see my best friend, but to see Carlos until, and he would always take me out for sushi, and we would always kind of do the similar similar things until we said, I love you to each other, and then he's like, thank the Lord, because I hate sushi. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, you know, 20-some years ago, and we've been together ever since, have two daughters, so oh, it's really nice story. to have the foundation of... He knows where I'm from. He has the same kind of background. His family struggled when they came here too, but you know we didn't let that stop us for sure. Yeah, that's that, that's so cool. I mean, thank you again for sharing that story too. That's a great one. So, what is what is your favorite thing about yourself? Wow, your favorite thing, and and why? Why is that your favorite thing? That's a really um, strange question. No one has ever asked me that. Um, I guess I like that I am available to so many people. It allows, like, I never close the door. My door is always open, kind of. I mean, I'm from Brooklyn. It's always locked, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, So it allows me to really um, meet different people, and I love that. I love being surrounded by just different groups. I'm in all these different groups, all these different organizations for that because I'm fascinated with people. That's the anthropologist in me. I just, I love people. 
Um, and now my parents have retired and moved two miles away from me. So I joke with Carlos, now we have four kids instead of two because now we take on all of their responsibilities. But I love that. I love that I am here. I'm available. No matter how busy I am, people know they can call me. People know they can come to our house. We we, we always keep that uh, open communication. I, I And that's rare, uh, I think, or I, I don't experience that with a lot of uh, people that I come across, um, and I want to continue doing that. And it's you know it's a it's a give and take because somebody who's always available, who's always in a good mood, and who's always happy, sometimes uh, it kind of uh, wears you down because there's the the back end of that. No one asks you if you're okay, and no one asks you if you need help. And sometimes I do. Sometimes you know strong people need a hug too. Yes, ma'am. Uh, so I, I try to uh, communicate that with my family and with my circle, but. I still, I would never take that away. I love being um, the person who everybody turns to. It gives me like a reason to wake up in the morning. Mm, so. That's beautiful. So your your parents moved here mm-hmm. uh, very close to where you are right now. Two what, miles. Two miles away. That's pretty <laughs> exactly, amazing. Exactly. So, they come on their bicycles every ah, day, so I know it's two miles. <laughs> all right. Mom and Dad, if you're listening right now, come on over this afternoon. So... What actually brought you from Brooklyn to Flagler County? What was the draw of this area? So it's so funny because like 25 or maybe 30 years ago, my parents, sight unseen, bought a piece of land here. And they, sight unseen, built a house here. And they thought there was always going to be their retirement, um, which it is now. So instead of them moving down here, first my brother came and stayed in their house and then moved to Jacksonville, bought his own house. Then Carlos and I, when we when our girls were really small, we wanted to raise money to buy a house in New York. So we're like, okay, well, we'll live in Florida for a year, save all our money and come back. And within six months, we bought a house in Palm Coast because it just made sense. So it's accidental. We came only for one year, but now we've been here 10 years. <laughs> ah, that's, that's great. Well, I, you know, as you know, it's a fantastic community. It is. It's also a great business community, too, yes. as you clearly have, have seen and experienced <laughs> yourself. So that's great. So, you know, we talked about what your favorite thing is about yourself. What are, what is one or two personal philosophies that you have about, about life, some guiding philosophies or values that guide how you navigate life and how you make decisions? Sure. So one of my favorite sayings, and I, and I actually say this to my clients all the time is, Relax. Nothing is under control. (laughs) And it kind of puts everybody back in like their place because no matter how much we plan and no matter how good we are at booking everything and and in life too, no matter how much you're like, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get married and I'm going to have kids. Things happen that are out of control and you just have to roll with it and not let it set you back, you know, and just, just, you know, just sleep really well because no matter what you do, things will happen and you just have to adjust. And I think that's the immigrant uh, mentality. We just adjust really well. We, we, you know, learn as we go. And, and, uh, it's been very helpful to, for me to do that, you know, to deal with life and to deal because definitely what, how I planned out my life is not how, you know, how it happened. And I love that. I would not change a thing. So well, that's nothing the, is under control. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that that quote, and it reminds me that you know life is not linear. Yes. 
It just is never linear. When we are thinking about going from point A to point B or from point A to point Z, it's, there's never a straight line, right? We all experience plenty of ups and downs and we go through different seasons and business and seasons in life. And it's really about how we adjust, how we navigate, how we're able to stay flexible and work with whatever comes our way. For sure. And that's yeah. the exciting part about life, right? I mean, how boring would it be if it was just A, B, and C? You know, you got to throw some excitement in there for sure. Yeah, that is for sure. <laughs> so on your entrepreneurial journey so far, what would you say is the most important habit that you have built for success? So if you were talking to other entrepreneurs, and you were talking about the habits that you've established that have set you up for success, what is the most important one that you would sure. share with all of us? Sure. So um, what I think I like to train actually my salespeople and, and people that, I, uh, that are in the business is the power of following up. That has always been like that was always my nickname, you know, like the power, the follow up queen, you know, because I don't give up on clients just because they don't answer me. That doesn't mean that they're not interested. They're just busy. Like, think about your inbox. Do you answer every email every moment that it arrives? No. Sometimes you wait a week. Sometimes, you know, you have to be in the mood. So I am I am really uh, strict about the rule of, you know, seven and following up and making sure I'm visible and making sure clients know. And I don't just do that template follow up. I'm really big into uh, educating and entertaining, you know, my two big things for clients. I want to make sure they see that I'm a wealth of knowledge, that I'm the authority on the topic. So I don't just say, hey, did you read my itinerary? You know, I just I send them a news article about, um, you know, the destination or uh, that the hotel was listed as number one this month, whatever it is. I just like to share uh, my knowledge. It's free. So why not? And that kind of makes them comfortable and they keep seeing my name. So it really works. Following up is huge. I always like to tell um, my fellow entrepreneurs that this is not a hobby. This is a job. And, and that's huge to, to break away from. You know, we're not just uh, doing this for fun. I'm, I'm growing an empire here. You know, that's, that's, you know I, I have two daughters. I hope that they continue, if not in the same industry, but with the idea that they can do whatever they want. <laughs> How about that mindset? <laughs> First of all, you are building an empire, which I absolutely love, and that you are instilling in others that they can do whatever they want to do, right? It starts with having that internal belief. Well, we're going to continue this conversation here shortly. We're going to take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors. You are listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat. Don't you go anywhere. We're going to be right back. There's no business like show business like no business I know. Visit the Fitzgerald Performing Arts Center at Flagler Auditorium. We're about to release our new season of professional touring shows. Visit our website at flaglerentertainment.com. Sign up for our newsletter. You can be the first to know about our shows and special offers. And remember, every time you buy a ticket to a show, you support the performing arts in Flagler schools and you support our local economy.
All right, we're back. And again, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and I'm in the studio today with my very special guest, Carolina Gilcappy. We're having a wonderful conversation. We're learning a bit more about Carolina, learned a bit about her her backstory. Uh, she was an immigrant from Warsaw, Poland, came to the United States at the age of 10, landed in Brooklyn, and then made her way to Flagler County. And thank goodness she did, because we are super excited that she's here in this community doing great things, not only from a business standpoint, but just making a difference in this community. And we appreciate that. So Carolina, I want to continue the conversation. You brought something up before the break, and I just wanted to allow you the opportunity to explain this. So you talked about following up, right? How important that is and that you are the queen of following up. And you mentioned the power of seven. So for those that are listening right now that may have heard that, but weren't familiar with that, that terminology, why don't you just briefly explain to us what the power of seven means to you? Definitely. And it can really be used in so many different industries because no matter what business you're in, you're always selling something. Um, so the power of seven just explains that sales, although it is an emotional experience, it truly is just a science. There's a way that humans uh, act, the majority of us, and it is proven that a human has to hear from you or of you or see you in some way at least seven times to connect you to your industry or uh, to make a decision to buy from you. So it's really important to be very visible, to use different platforms to not only email, but if there's a phone number, you call. If you're a local business, you make ads, you make yourself visible at events at least seven times so that people start connecting you. Oh, you know, you're a coach, go to Jay. Oh, you're in travel, go to Carolina. So that's such that's the power of seven. Got it. Well, thank you for explaining that. So in life, we and we were talking about this during the break, we experience plenty of ups and downs, seasonality, right? There are times when things are going very well. And there's also times where we're working really hard to try to to try to catch up, right? To try to create whatever success means to us. When you experience times of challenge, when you experience adversity in your life, what do you do to manage through that and navigate those challenging and difficult times that we all experience in life? Um, so I really lean on my family in that aspect because I there's that trust that they can catch me when, I, when I'm at, a, at my low. So Carlos has been an incredible partner for that. Uh, and that's why I'm so blessed to have him and now my parents. And so there's this whole circle of trust that I can lean on, you know, be it when I'm diagnosed with some crazy autoimmune disease earlier this year. And uh, when I'm building my business, you know, I know I can lean on them and trust them even when I'm at my lowest to pick me up and, and, and help me through. So a family for sure uh, is first. But also I, I find that I'm such a strong person. I, I also lean on myself. Okay, we got to revamp. We got to pivot. We got to do something else. I don't just dwell on being in a low. You know, there's always a way to pick up. There's always a way to change things. And I think that comes from the travel industry itself because, tra you know, there's 
you know, terrorist attacks and COVID and things happen to our industry and we just learn how to pivot and do something else. You know, during, during COVID, the way I built my business from the beginning is I did local women's retreats and that really kept me busy and it kept my foot in the door of being, of organizing travel experiences. I don't do them now because I don't need to. I'm back on international travel, but uh, there's always something you can do to get out of that bottom. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a great response. So I can tell you from personal experience, when I am working through something that's challenging to me that could potentially keep me stuck, I may stay in that place for a very short period of time because I think it's important to experience those feelings and those emotions, right? Not to push them down because that's not a good place to be. But I'll stay there for just just mere moments, but then I take some sort of action just like that because in my world, action overcomes all. It may not be the best action to take, but it is something that's going to move me forward, that's going to get me out of that place of, you know, oh, woe is me or, you know, the sky's falling or whatever it happens to be, right? Doing something that can help build momentum and get you moving in the right direction. I agree. You definitely need some challenges in life because a it makes like the best art the best poetry the best music comes out of challenges yes and also in our industry or whatever industry you're in if you have a challenge you get creative once again and it gives you that boost so you need it absolutely that is that is so true so what is something that you once believed about yourself that you discovered later wasn't true <laughs> well when I was younger, I always thought I'm just going to be single, traveling the world, volunteering, and I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to be on some remote island and volunteer. So obviously, that's not going to happen anytime soon. I realized that I, I like to have my little circle. I like to have a family. I'm uh, being a mother, scariest hood is motherhood for sure, but uh, it's been it's been such a rewarding challenge. Uh, so I would never change that, but it definitely was not in my personal plans when I was a teenager. <laughs> oh, that's great. So tell me, what does success mean to you today? So interesting. So um, everybody has a different vision of what success and wealth is like. And I, I love getting together in a circle of my friends and kind of asking them because everybody has such a different um, response. And a lot of the time it's not money. And so my answer was always not financially connected either until this year, until this year, I said, you know what? I want to get a taste of that. I want to see what it's like to fall asleep and not worry about bills, to have that nice car, to build a nice, uh, another nice house, to get, to be able to invest. Like I want to get a taste of that. It doesn't, it's not greed and it's not that, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't come from that greedy uh, um, mentality, but it's just I want to be able to show my family that you, we can do that. We're able to do that, and I want to gain it myself. I don't want somebody to give it to me. I want to take it. <laughs> so to that point, is it a, is it a number that you have that's in mind, and I'm not asking you to share the number, but is that what it is that you're moving toward when you think of the financial aspect of it, or is it that – I want to be comfortable and not have to pay my bills and or not not have to pay my bills, but not have to worry sure. yeah. about it each yeah, month. It's definitely a comfort level. I want to be able to be comfortable enough to 
pick up and take my family on a on a vacation where what, whenever they want to go or pay off my parents' car or or do things without worrying about what it's going to do to my bank account. It's definitely that same circle that I've been leaning on. I want to be able to always be available. So they can lean on me, but this time financially too. That's Very never good. happened in our family. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to put my coaching hat on okay. for a moment. I don't normally do this, <laughs> but it. I'm going to anyway. So since you brought that up, if you haven't already done this, I would encourage you and all of you who are listening right now, if you have specific goals in mind, you want to get crystal clear on that. So it's ambiguous to say that I want enough to feel a certain way, right? So enough means different things to different people. So when it comes to what does success look like, and we have all different definitions of success, but you do want to get very clear on what success means, whether financial health, spirituality, relationship, all of those different aspects of life and business, define it, be very clear in those statements when you're defining success. And then when it comes to the financial aspect of it, make sure that you have a specific number in mind. Because once we have clarity around that, we can begin to work backwards and do the things that we need to do. And we have a measure in place that we can look at and say, am I moving in the right direction? Am I 70% of my goal? Am I 20%? Where am I, right? And what actions are working and what actions aren't working? So I'm going to take my coaching hat I on now, that. put my hosting hat back on, and we'll continue the conversation <laughs> I here. I knew I came to the right person. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So what does leadership mean to you? I view you as a leader in this community. I look at the way that you show up and the way that you communicate and the way that you give so much. But what what do you think about when you think of leadership? Uh, the first word that comes to mind is team. I, I As a leader, you always have to be part of the team. I come from uh, different uh, experiences and jobs that I've had before where the leader would just tell us what to do, but not actually even know himself how to do it. So it's very important for me to wear all the hats, know how to wear them, and then learn to distribute and, and teach and, and promote others to be successful. You know, when I hire someone, I this is my at the interview right away, I let them know I do not micromanage, I will teach you everything you need to know. And from then on, I trust you to do your job and we'll communicate and, um, you know, go ahead and grow and excel. And then we'll talk, you know, about you moving up in the company. But micromanaging just doesn't work. Uh, trust is a huge thing when you're a leader. You spend a lot of money and a lot of time and energy hiring the right people. Let them shine. Absolutely. I, I, that's a great, great answer. I, I will just share with you that in my early years of leadership and management, I was a micromanager and I failed miserably at it as a result. And I learned some very valuable lessons about how we set other people up for success, how we treat people, how we truly build relationships and where trust comes from. So I love that answer. So Carolina, as we are wrapping up our conversation today, I would love it if you would share with all of us a challenge. What would you challenge our audience and me to do? <laughs> okay. Well, I think number one thing for people who are kind of stuck in the grind of that nine to five or whatever it is that you do every day, 
do something different, do something creative, uh, you know, add something to your to your day, be it take a dance class or learn a new language or do a new sport, something that will take you out of your comfort zone, but also gives you kind of like a topic to talk about. You're, you're more interesting when you're well versed in different things. And not a lot of people do that. We get stuck in that circle. Get off of it. Mm, what a great challenge. Well, I'm, I'm going to continue to work on that one. Thank you for sharing that with us. And Carolina, I want to thank you so very much for joining me today on Business Minds Coffee Chat. I truly appreciate the conversation. I appreciate you you being open with us and sharing a bit about your backstory and just watching you grow. It just is so exciting to me, and I appreciate you. I appreciate all you do in this community, and thank you for being here today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And for all of you, thank you so very much for tuning into Business Minds Coffee Chat. We greatly appreciate it, and we'll be right back here next Saturday morning at 830. And until then... Keep learning and growing and keep working to reach your potential. Take care, everybody.